Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Good evening again, everybody. Welcome back to Crime and Reason. Um, nice to be here. I am Leo Battenhausen. Good evening, everybody. John Kelly here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're joined tonight by a very special guest of ours, and she's been with us before. Um, for this topic, we're really appreciate, appreciative to have her here because I think this is one of her areas of expertise when it comes to domestic violence. And um, we want a woman's point of view as well. Her name is Mary Ann Glynn, folks. Mary Ann Glynn is a licensed clinical social worker here in the great state of New Jersey. And uh, she's joining us this evening. Hi, Mary Ann. How are you? Hi, Leo. Fine, thanks. Hey. Thanks How you doing, Marianne? You know, you're more than welcome for being on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We uh, we well, we're glad to have you. We're talking tonight about an epidemic of sorts that um, we keep hearing about in the news. It seems like every other night, where we're hearing more and more about female pedophiles, uh, women who are you know getting sexually involved with uh, younger children. Uh, boys, most of the case, although sometimes it's girls. They seem to be coming from a, pa- a position of authority for the most part. Now, the Justice Department's uh, most, recent, most recent statistics said that sex offenders, sex offenses, that is, are still very much a man's crime and female offenders are very rare. They said 96% of sex assaults reported in 1999, which is about a little while ago, involved male perpetrators. Now, I think that number's got to be going up when it comes to women. Uh, the women involved when, when this study came out were, um, was uh, the 3% of the cases involving victims um, age 6 through 12 um, of, of uh, when a female pedophile. But we're seeing a big switch in this, aren't we? Oh, I got, I got to tell you, Leo, the key that you just brought out there is that the last study on this was done in 1999. Okay, that they're looking at, they're going off, they're going off research in 1999, and you know we know that this is in epidemic proportions right now. So we're talking like 16 years later from 1999. And, you know, we're seeing this popping up all over the place. And, you know, I have to ask myself, what is fueling this epidemic? And I have to tell you, I I have to believe it's technology. I, I have to believe that technology is fueling, you know, this, uh, this uh, sex offender phenomena, female sex offender phenomena. Well, I think we have to say, right, the common denominator is the, the ways and the means for these women to be in touch with uh, the minor minor boys um, is definitely different than it was years ago. You know, you got cell phones, you got computers, and they can send pictures back and forth and this sort of thing. Marianne, what do you think? You, you, have a lot done, you have a lot of research on hand of this. Maybe you have something a little more current, but I'm not seeing anything very current lately. I'm seeing that... Well- we really can't put our finger on to what's going on. What do you what do you call this? Yeah, well, um, the 1999 study didn't uh, back then. There wasn't a the phenomenon of female teacher predators, 
Um, in some estimates, it said that 15% of students will be sexually molested or engaged by a teacher in some way. 15%? Yeah. Wow. And that's, that's male or female, Marianne? A recent one. Yeah, from last year. Yes, male okay. or female. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of this goes underreported, especially by the males, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would bet that. <laughs> Yes, and I, I think I did read somewhere, too, that a lot of these cases, you know, when there's a female a predator involved, are kept in local papers and local news. And But we're still seeing it nationally. So, you know, how much is this really going on today? You know, and who's really, you know, what what gets into these women's heads? You know, we know men are in it for the sex, I think. I mean, I just don't know if the women are into into this. Is it the sexual component? Is, is there, Some studies say there's much more to it than that. Well, they, they, they're, the women tend to be more kind of, they're finding codependent. Uh, so, mm. there's, you know, they think they're doing it for love. They think they're doing it for uh, to be a mentor. You know, they don't see anything wrong with it. Um, they also... Um, you seem to either, you know, so many of them have children of their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're in the, they, 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 they tend to be in their 20s and 30s for the most part. Um, and some of them seem to think that uh, they, they're acting, they almost are impulsive and immature and maybe mm-hmm. see them, almost see themselves as an adolescent themselves. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that because if you talk, if you see some of these women on interviews and the the the, the LaFay case comes up in my mind all the time, she came across as a, like a twelve year old girl, you know, on on interviews and in the court. Very yeah. strange, uh, very strange psycho uh, psychopathology going on there. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do. Go ahead. It does seem to be a grooming process, and it does seem to be mm-hmm. rather calculating. Mm-hmm. In spite of that, yeah, and they talk about they talk about loneliness, you know, uh, and and I can understand that. I mean, uh, a woman looking, you know, for something she's not getting at home. I mean, I mm-hmm. part of me can understand that, but then the other part of me says, "Whoa, because you're feeling lonely, you're pretty much not going to take into consideration." You know, this younger guy and his feelings and, uh, you know, uh, how this is going to affect him later in yeah, life. Wait, so wait, John, John, come on. You know, these guys, when you remember being 16 years old, yeah. Yeah, this is the part. I, I just cannot get past this part. These kids are going to jump at the opportunity to be with the hot teacher. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's no I mean, question about like, that. Come on. Well, there is definitely opportunity, a little bit like the Catholic priest, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. But where but, I'm I coming mean, from, where I'm coming from on this is what about, what about this woman? I mean, I understand the young buck, you know, coming of age and hormones running wild and crazy and everything else. But, you know, this woman, uh, is supposed to be a professional. Uh, who's supposed to be actually taking care of this child that that his parents have entrusted into her care? See, that's that's. I understand where he's coming from. I don't understand where she's coming from. But you see, then again, it doesn't. Oh, there's a lot to talk about with this case. How much of a crime is being committed? What do we know about these these? I mean, when a boy is offended by another male, 
like you mentioned, the Catholic Church, and, and it happens in schools as well. It happens everywhere when the, the man, uh, um, you know, sexually assault the, a young boy. That boy's messed up for a long time. You know, we're seeing them years, decades later coming out and talking about this. But how much effect is it on a 16-year-old boy who was involved with his 16-year-old teacher, who at the time was 25 years old? We don't know yet, do we? No, yeah, See, this it's, is, it's a little early, this is right? It's early to, yeah. to know. I mean, there, there have been uh, there was one uh, one case I found uh, of of a fifteen year old who was seduced by a thirty year old, and years later he speaks of um, that it, it made him miss out on like normal dating experience. You know, he didn't have the opportunity to kind of enter the dating experience and, and that and sex mm-hmm. on his own. Um, it, it later on interfered uh, with his relationships with others and, and uh, left him feeling depressed because the person went on to another or someone else after him. Um, and he realized after the fact, like way after the fact, that it, it really was to satisfy the teacher's um, self-serving desires and sexual desires and that he was really just used. And so it did have, you know, he felt exploited. So it mm-hmm. didn't have, oh, interesting. He was objectified. He felt objectified and that he was used. So right, that's right. not a very, very good initiation sex, right? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that he, he's being uh, sexually objectified right off the hop. And, and, and in a process like that, he may be enjoying it. Okay. I, I, I have no mm-hmm. doubt that there's some <laughs> quite a bit of enjoyment oh, yeah. there, but. On the other side of that, isn't he being kind of controlled and dominated in a way? Not that he doesn't like it, but, I mean, how does that go on, you know, later on with other relationships? You know, I mean, this we, is, these that's are all questions. Right. First, these are all questions. Initiation into sex, right. How, I wonder how that plays out later on in sexual life or sexual fantasies. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. we won't know that, I guess. For uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to wait for the results on this one. But um, you know, and that's really—it's a terrible thing. But this was not occurring at the rate it is, say, fifty years ago. Correct? Oh we know no, that. it can't be, John. Like you said, technology's got to play some part in this. Not only between you know the communication that it allows. You know, for these are the kids and the teachers to secretly communicate or clandestinely communicate without parents' interference. But we do know, too, that young kids are looking at pornography and are so sexualized at such a young age today, you know, via the Internet and via apps and all kinds of sites they can get into, that their sexual education is being delivered to them uh, via a, a computer and not via the family or their if they're in any type of respected, um, you know, a, a church or synagogue or what have you. Yeah, they're getting no question about it. They're learning. They're learning about sex as porn. Let's put it that way. Porn, pornography to them is sex. Correct. Yeah, it's 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 taking the mystery out of the relationship. You know, as far as I'm concerned, as well. It's like it's so removed, even from the physical. You know, it's, yeah. it's, yes, right. It's, it's removed For some, it in several degrees from, you know, even the physical part of that. It's visual. Not even that. It's just not, it's not even real. 
this is not the, the guys that start expecting their their wives or girlfriends to perform like these sex stars, these porn stars. I mean, that's just not even reality. But some men, I mean, this becomes their sex life, and I'm sure you you've worked with spouses of victims of that to some degree, correct? I mean, porn becomes their sex oh, life. Yeah, porn it's addicting, and, and other kinds of you know sexual addiction. If you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, out getting sex outside or deviancy or whatever. Definitely, um, yeah, affects the relationship. The women are always, even if they're not aware of it when it's going on, they're being affected by it because they're in sex, in sex they know or they feel over time that they're being objectified and they feel it, an emotional distancing from the person. So it's, right, yeah, right. They, can, they can feel it even though they don't even know about it. So that's my point. Is if these kids are being, you know, d- delivered to this pornography at ages probably eight, nine, who knows how young they're seeing that, mm-hmm. and then you know they're they're being offered the real thing by their teacher, their hot teacher that everybody you know has got the hots for, and it becomes a reality. Like what is what does that do to this kid? That's like you know dreaming about roller coasters all your life and finally getting on one. It's like whoa. You know, I mean, you know, that's what I'm thinking. It's yeah, absolutely reality. So, of course, this kid's going to jump into the situation. And the woman, the teacher, if it's a female teacher with authority, has all the power over this child, like John mentioned earlier on. So yeah, we don't know what. No, you're absolutely right. They're mixed up. Well, right. They're mixed up. And, you know, you don't have to go back 50 years. You mentioned things have changed in 50 years. Let me tell you. You just go back to 1999. We only have to go back 16 years. And again, you know, uh, your book Social Side is right on here because there has been such an epidemic and an ongoing epidemic in uh, these female sexual uh, uh, predators, teachers uh, from 1999. And, and it's growing. It's growing as we speak. And, and, the major piece is technology because would a young man or would a teacher without having the security and privacy of a smartphone or social, some type of social media, would they even engage each other? Would they, if they, if, if this young man had to walk up to the teacher and say, boy, you're looking really good today, would he do it? You know, face to face. Would she turn around and say something to him? Boy, I like the way you look or, you know, I like the way you're built or something like that. You know, so by by it being done through social media and not being done face to face, you know, I mean, a lot more is going on in hidden places, in protected places. And then you have, you know, I, I think it just gets fueled from there. You know, it's it's uh, kind of like, you know, the the lure of the forbidden, the lure of the sure. forbidden. The mm-hmm. forbidden, the forbidden can be very, very seductive. And, yeah. And, and I think that 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 has that there's a lot to that here, because you know this woman's at home. Of course, she's not going to get a phone call and have the phone ringing off the hook. Well, that's the point, the, right? You know, so you got you 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 got her maybe in her room or in the bathroom or something or whatever, texting back and forth with some young man in his room over at his house, and nobody's the wiser. And, you know, they're really being explicit, and and there's a lot of visual stimulation going on. 
I mean, there's a lot of sex thing, you know, yeah. going right. on. Oh. I mean, it's it's pretty. Uh, this this is never. Yeah. Uh, We've never we've never come across this before. And what I'm wondering, and, and Marianne, a question I asked Leo earlier: Do you think that the technology is really changing the sexual culture of females? I mean, are we seeing more hypersexual females than before? Because it seems everywhere you look. Ah. Whether it's it's just sex, sex is sex sells. Somebody's using sex to sell something, one way or the other. Yeah, I wonder about that. I mean, because I think females, you know, adolescents feel the pressure to be more sexual, you know, uh, and and to be more sexual in a casual way, or to uh, deliver sex to their boyfriend or someone. Um, and so they might be, but I still believe that they have a different need than boys. You know, I think they have more of a need for safety and emotional connection. So, uh, you know, they might be more harmed in that situation, but there's definitely a pressure. I mean, think too of the, some of the adolescent movies. There are a lot of adolescent movies that are geared toward boys where the whole movie is about the having sex, right? It's about a sexual fantasy. That yeah, yeah. at the end of the yeah. film, uh, you know, the climax, pardon the pun, uh, is, <laughs> of the film is, is that, he, that he has sex, right? And sometimes it can be with, an, you know, a cougar or, you know, some, you know, some unattainable uh, female. Uh, mm. So, yeah, and it's, and it's very objectified. That's becomes very objective. That's funny, cougar. Look at how we um we uh we uh what we euphemize you know the actions of society. They cougars. So that kind of you know puts us puts a little um eh, you know a little tongue in cheek to a, a, a boy with a, with an older woman. Boy, this this mm-hmm. doesn't end. You know, it's the euphemism yeah, right. like or, putting or, or it. Milk. Right, a well, milf. I mean, or milf, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> this is how we slowly begin to ingrain it into, yeah, it's okay. And I, we've got to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about how, you know, a society in general take, takes the difference between, say, you know, a female teacher having, you know, a sexual relationship with, with a male student versus a male teacher having sexual relationships with a female student. Great question. I think is a definite, definite uh, bias there. Hang on, we'll be right back. By the year 2020, depression will be the world's second highest diagnosed medical condition in the world following heart disease. Millions of people are suffering with depression and sadness. People ask, is depression treatable? What's causing this epidemic and what can we do about it? Psychotherapist Leo J. Battenhausen's book, Defeating Depression, The Calm and Sense Way to Find Happiness and Satisfaction, has helped thousands of people reclaim their lives. He's a licensed clinical social worker and clinical alcohol and drug counsellor. Leo J. Battenhausen shows people how to identify, address and overcome common misconceptions about life that cause many to live in misery. The book that has a five-star rating on Amazon.com is filled with priceless information to quickly bring the reader into a brighter frame of mind and assist in enjoying life to its fullest. Defeating Depression, the common sense way to find happiness and satisfaction by Leo J. Battenhausen. Available at select bookstores, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It will change your life. 
bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're sticking around, taking a listen to Crime and Reason. We are here tonight with a very special guest of ours, Mary Ann Glynn, licensed clinical social worker from New Jersey. She's helping us uh, sort out the... The, the, all this craziness about female pedophiles we're hearing about today versus male pedophiles. But before we took the break, we said we were going to talk about the differences and the biases uh, between a male pedophile, we'll say a teacher assaulting or having a sexual relationship with a female student versus a adult female teacher having a sexual relationship with a male student. I think we kind of to turn a blind eye and chuckle at the, the uh, female with, with the male student. I think, you know, society does not seeing it as the same because um, we're viewing the boy as a very willing participant. But isn't it true that the female could be a very willing participant too, Marianne? What oh, do you sure. think? Right? Yes, yes. She could be a willing participant because if it's, uh, you know, she's approached with someone who's or giving her attention or wanting to love her or whatever the guy tells her, um, she might find that very appealing and feel very special and be consensual. But it's, in the, you, it's why do we, we see it differently, don't we, as, 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 a, as a country? I think, I, I really do, because they get, the, the males will get, you know, uh, put into, don't they get longer, lengthier sentences for this? Oh, no question about it. Right, so yeah. what, yeah, that's what I was looking at on um, some of the stuff you sent over, Marianne. The very big difference in how the justice uh, system treats each of these pedophiles and, um, in a way, it's not, it's not really based on fairness. So, well, you know, we have to. Because we, um, do we, you know, we, do we feel more protective toward young girls than we do toward adolescent boys? Because they want to have sex and, you know, traditionally girls should be protected until they're older, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like but, that. But how do we look at the word consensual? Right. Right, well, right. See, because. If ahead, you're under no. 16, if you're 16, or uh, or I'm sorry, if you're under 18, I guess depending on the states, so some have different uh, a- laws uh, governing the age of consent. Um, but uh, you know, I think if you're under a certain age, whether it was consensual or not, you know, you're getting charged. And I'm sorry for interrupting you, but go ahead. No, but you know what? So that that age of consent stuff. That doesn't fly with the position of authority, like a teacher, a cop, a therapist, a doctor. You know, if you're in that position with with this child, no matter how old they are, if they, there is no age of consent. If you're just some Joe right. walking down the street, right? And if you're, I know in Jersey, 16 is the age of consent. If you're a 55 year old guy and you meet a 16 year old girl and you want to, you know, get married, you can. There's, you know, there's really nothing that can be done about that. I believe it's 16, but not if you're in a power of authority. And this is what we're seeing, these teachers that are taking this risk and uh, doing what they want to do. And I think it's got something to do with, you know, and I have to get a little graphic here, but, you know, the male has a power to, uh, you know, forcefully put himself onto a girl where uh, it's not the same situation with a female. You know, females that can't force, forceful, forcibly have a boy, you know, perform sex, right? I mean, yeah, does that play into this too? Seduce them. They, it's a little different because they can seduce them. 
kind of dominate them in another way because they're very seducible at that age, you know. Uh, so it, it, sure. it's not like they're penetrating them or overpowering them, but they are kind of overpowering them. Sure, intellectually you know, sed- seducing them, right? Seductively, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but, but so I'm just, you know, curious about the word consensual. I mean, what, what, what do we consider that? I mean, just because somebody agrees to do it and, or, or, or is enjoying doing it, we you know, how do we define, you know, at what age do you have that ability to know, do you know enough at the age of 16, for instance, to know that this is a decision that could be harmful to you? Mm-hmm. And well, I will. You know, it, go ahead. do we go by how, what they say about it or, you know, like, oh, uh, it was great. I'm so happy it happened. Um, really, you know, I feel really special. I'm really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Can we yeah. can we take that? You know, or, or does that does that have any significance? Well, but apparently, I, I mean, I don't know if it should. You know, we know a child's brain is not developed until 24, 25. So the question is, who who are these children? children answering to when it comes to consensual to their peer group to their to their lover or to the law to their parents who knows you know that, i think that's the bigger question who do they feel they need to answer to um and the, the law i mean we know the law speaks for the children too so somebody's made mm-hmm. these decisions of what is consensual what is not but yeah. just the, a 16, ahead, 16, well, 16-year-old's going to, you know, they're telling you, I'm in love with this person. I, I love him or her. I mean, can you really believe that, a 16-year-old? I have a hard time with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, have a hard, I have a hard time with that, too. And, you know, the other part of it is uh, at, at, you know, who, who do they have to answer to? And I think usually with young guys, it's their peer group. I, I really think it's like the young bucks uh, coming of age, with all that testosterone running, they all talk with each other. Oh, I went out with this one. I went out with that one. I got this. I got that. You know, it's like they're talking about their conquests, you know, at a very early age. I mean, that's what adolescents do or used to do. Uh, now I'm sure they just show pictures of uh, what they were able to snag on uh, on the uh, on the Internet or whatever. Yeah. But it, it, the piece I'm having a problem with is, you know, this, uh, you know, for whatever reason, and, and we've talked about different reasons going on why these female predators go after these younger boys. And sure, the guy likes it. There's, not, there's no doubt in my mind that most young men do like it and, and want bragging rights about it. But also, you know, this person is, 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 you know, pretty much focused on, uh, you know, their uh, their self gratification, their instant gratification. Uh, they're getting something huge out of this because they're shooting the dice. I mean, they're gambling their whole career. I, I don't even know if they're thinking straight. It's kind of like uh, I don't know a cocaine addict or a heroin addict going out and and just flying in the face of of the cops to get their stuff. I mean. What do you think about yeah. that, guys? Well, I mean, I do, what, what do you think about putting your profession, your career, all your years of college, your income, your student loans, everything on the line, you know, for uh, sex? 
and that that's a you know this we've got to talk about this because that's really what this this show is about today is what what causes these women to do this and just to add on to that because I want to talk ask Marianne something too um they're they are putting their their careers and things on the line with this John and you know if you're not a professional you're putting your whole status on the line you know as far as your friends and family to get caught doing such a thing but my, you know, I think the first reaction you know is that these women are they must be mentally ill and I think that's a misconception yeah. so right Marianne is that where we're going with this you know just well, the people think they must yeah. be crazy they're not crazy well, correct I don't know if they're crazy but you know uh, they want it's like they want something so bad that they're in this denial about it right it's like bordering on delusional telling themselves that there's no uh, harm being caused right that somehow they're mentoring this kid or they somehow are going to give love to this kid and it's going to be a real thing or whatever it is they're telling themselves in order to make it okay for them to go ahead and do this, right? Well, they'll do this in their, if they're in a... Yes, yes, and they'll, they'll, they'll also do this if they're in an unsatisfying marriage or a relationship too, won't they? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, they're going to fill a void of some sort? Definitely. Um, okay. In a study, it's not a, it's, only, it's maybe a nine, eight or nine year old old study on female offenders in general. They found that uh, they have histories of trials of maltreatment of some type, include, can, that can include sexual violation. Okay, so there we have a big um, boundary breaker, a disruption of trust and boundary where, you know, people who are sexually abused when they're young grow up to really not know, have boundaries, know where the boundaries are, okay? Mm-hmm. So they could be reenacting that behavior that, that they had, that happened to them. Uh, they tend to have uh, mental health symptoms, uh, personality disorders, and sexual abuse uh, a lot. I all could uh, see that, yes. Yeah. And difficulties in intimate <coughs> relationships or the absence of intimate relationships. Okay, and that might explain, you know, a marriage not working out or maybe someone is lonely and doesn't have any relationship and there's a tendency not to relate well to peers of their own age. Right, um, yeah, sure. And for, and for teachers in particular, they said um, they have difficulties relating to peers and mm-hmm. they perceive themselves as, as having a romantic or mentoring relationship with the adolescent and don't consider it to be abuse. Even when they're sending them, you know, pictures of themselves and things, and they're meeting in parking lots in the car and having sex, and this is mentoring in their minds. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) they're not doing anything wrong. They're having, they're love. They're loving this person. Well, any doesn't don't any all pedophiles in a way are delusional, right? Yeah, exactly. A a father, a child, or you know, a neighbor to a, a, a young boy in the neighborhood. He's telling himself that he's either loving this kid or he's um, helping this kid because they come from a vulnerable home and no one loves them, and so he's going to give them love or uh, he's somehow oh. helping them. So it's just, it's on the same line as that. I think it's just I think it's just it's delusional. Yeah, and and you know what you know what you brought out to you brought out denial. Okay, so we can look at it as an addiction. Okay, because we have denial here. And then what you're also talking about is rationalization. They're rationalizing their behavior because their psyche could not accept such deviant behavior. So just like the addict that is acting out with the forbidden, 
and whatever that might mm-hmm. be, they're in denial and their rationalization helps them stay in denial. Oh, I'm helping him. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm helping him. It's consensual. Um, mm-hmm. I'm mothering him. I'm tutoring him. I'm taking mm-hmm. care of him. I'm giving him stuff that he doesn't have at home, you know, and, and, you know, they're just rationalizing right. this, this uh, deviant behavior. So that's what they're yeah, getting they're out of this. Similar. This is what their, their payoff then is to feel like they're nurturing and mentoring and helping. Is that what you guys no, are I, saying? I, I think that, I think this can be defined as a compulsion in a sense or an obsessive compulsive type behavior because it's uh, consciously they're telling themselves something that's a good thing. Oh, I'm doing a good thing here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not harming anyone. This is, you know, got, you know, there's a, there's a good, uh, going to have a good effect on this child. It's, um, perfectly normal and natural. But really what's happening is that in their subconscious, their subconscious is driving them to some other more urgent need, whether that's loneliness, whether that's poor, you know, low self-esteem, whether yeah. it's, uh, the need to control, the need yeah. to have power and control. That's what we're, we're, we're saying. This is this is the, the those are the characteristics of a female pedophile, correct? Because I don't believe <clears throat> male pedophiles are thinking they're helping or nurturing at all. They're in oh, for the no, sex, correct? No. So then we're making a clear I, distinction I, here, right? That between the men and the women, as to what the motive is. Know. Yeah, there's some. Um, wait, Marion, you just you think the guys that. are feeling like they're helping these yeah. these kids? Well, yeah, when, these when priests and stuff. Yeah, go ahead, Marion. Stuff like that. When I've seen them interviewed, they they do say stuff like that. Like consciously, they don't admit that they're harming the child. They think they're right. doing something good. Maybe some yeah. of them do, you know. But I, maybe there's a spectrum. But yeah, no, they but try we, and they try and stay in denial. A lot of the priests would rationalize that uh, you know it was consensual and. Uh, you know, the child just was looking for love. You know, what I mean? it's, uh, you know, it's pretty, oh pretty God. sick and del- it's pretty, it's pretty sick and delusional. But here's the other thing. Look, men like sex. Young boys like sex. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, young girls and women like sex too. Now it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, we're keeping the sex out of this with the women. It, to me, it seems like we're not saying, Hey, Maybe there's a cultural change here because of this technology. Maybe women are becoming more sexualized for many different reasons. You know, they have to go out into the workforce now. They're not able to stay at home. You know, um, they have more stress, more pressure. Uh, maybe they're looking for more of an outlet. Maybe, look, maybe uh, there's more of a, a sexual outlet they're looking into. Uh, we know that uh, all the media is, is is definitely more sexualized. I mean, isn't it possible that there could be a cultural shift going on here now where, you know, women are just uh, opening up to uh, wanting sex as much as men? Yeah, and, you, you know, and you were saying, Leo, before the statistics were that men teacher offenders are much more prominent than the female, right? So... Right. So how is this happening? These are adolescent girls, uh, no, and they're not crying rape, right? They're 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 participating in an ongoing relationship with this male teacher. I just right. I think just the kind of the need of the child, the adolescent is different. Where the boy, it could be just sex, right? It could be just sex. He doesn't that 
it doesn't have to be a relationship, it doesn't have to be love. But the female, she would need to be loved, right? She would need to feel safe that this guy really loves her, this teacher, this male teacher, really cares about her. So she would engage just as willingly in the sex, but with a different context in a sense. Uh, that Got makes it. sense, yeah, because the boy's going to get what he can get for himself. The, the female feels the love, the love, and I'll use quote unquote love there, um, and yeah. and the 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 admiration from this male teacher, and you know that she maybe her family situation is not the best, and I would bet that there's something going on there, where she's looking for this this uh, you know this nurturing. And uh, that the guy teacher as a guy will take advantage of the girl. Mm-hmm. What do we think? What do we think about this breaking up of the family system? Because I, I, I'll tell you, a lot of clients I've had, female clients, who have not had a meaningful relationship with their father, not having a father around and getting having an emotional attachment with their father. I mean, they are definitely prone to migrate towards men who. All they have to do is show them a little affection, a little attention, and, you know, they're off and running. I mean, do you see that, Marianne, in your practice where, you know, the breakup of the family system or the disintegration of the family systems we used to know it is playing out here in any way where, you know, uh, women are coming in and they have daddy issues, so that's why they migrated towards these guys or anything like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah, or, or sometimes mommy issues. You know, just yeah, yeah, uh, both. You know, yeah, not, okay. not, not being not feeling loved or, uh, or neglected or um, abused or whatever the case may be, or maybe previously sexually abused, um, or you know something like that. But, and you know, these predators are—they always look for vulnerable kids, right? They—they they never look for like the real secure kids with strong family ties who might tell because it's got to be a secret, right? So they right. look for someone who's going to really appreciate being loved or really appreciate being, feeling special um, so that they can um, don't tell anyone and so that they'll be, uh, you know, that they'll do it because they're craving it. You know, they're craving yeah. it. They're craving yeah. The being special Boy. or the outca- outcast kid or the, um, you know, kid from I'll tell you what, these predators... These predators have a radar for those types too, don't they? They really do. They know who to pick. They know who to yep. find and who to seduce and who to manipulate. It's really crazy, twisted uh, situation out there. Yeah, they hone right in. They do. They, they, mean, they do. They hone right in. Marianne, tell us about your practice a little bit. And, and, and you know, you have a great practice up in uh, Bernardsville, New Jersey. You have a great app out there, Mind Warrior. Can you tell us a little bit about your practice and some of the people, some of the clients you see that have come through uh, abused relationships since we're talking about abuse? Let's hang on to that thought real quick, guys. We have to take a break, but we do want to hear about Marianne Glynn's practice and what she she, uh, works with every day. So please hang on. We'll be right back. This is Crime and Reason. (laughs) 
Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath us right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This This and so much more is explored in the book, Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksAndMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by Leo J. Battenhausen. Welcome back to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Here are your hosts, John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. Hi, everybody. We're coming back right now. I'm John Kelly with Leo Battenhausen and our very special guest, Marianne Glynn, who's a very successful therapist in Bernardsville, New Jersey. She has a, an app that she invented called Mind Warrior which I understand is fantastic. I've seen it myself, and I, I love the way it works. Marianne, do you want to talk a little bit about Mind Warrior and your practice and maybe even a website? Okay. Uh, let's, well, on, on, I guess I'll talk about Mind Warrior. It, um, you know, it's an app I created based on what I learned about trauma, mostly. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I work a lot with trauma, Um I learned to do EMDR very early on uh, in my practice, and and based on that and what I saw, I uh, realized, and, and also the, the findings in neuroscience and neuroplasticity and how they're finding these days on what creates change in the brain and how we need to open new neural pathways to override the, you know, the conditioning in our brain. Uh, and that's what I, I based it on because in order to change or rewire your brain and also to deal with things like post-traumatic stress, flashbacks, and even for substance abuse, um, we, have to, we have to use focused attention. It's one of those things that has uh, found to cause neuroplasticity is when you focus your attention mindfully on what's going on inside of you. 
during a flashback, during a substance urge, during a, a trigger, any kind of trigger in life, whether it's a relationship trigger, an emotional trigger. And what Mind Warrior does is connect you to the internal experience so that you become, you know, um, aware of it. That's the first step in change. And then it helps you to change your the internal experience and uh, have the ability to um, open new neural pathways. And you do this over and over and over, and you start to change, start to rewire. Uh, for post-traumatic stress disorder, it's been shown that what's needed for that is to have uh, a sense of empowerment over flashbacks. And one of the things that creates that is having that dual awareness of it when it's happening, you know, that little kind of objective voice, which Mind Warrior can help a person do, and then to learn how to create a different internal, safer state. So it's got a lot of little features like that that, that help people create change for different things. Yeah, you use that. You use that with these. You have clients who are sexually abused as children, right? Yeah, I, I, I do deal with trauma and sexual abuse and also with people who've been in relationships with, um, you know, narcissists, sociopaths, and psychopaths who are very destructive people and those, and also exploitative people. And those relationships always call, cause post-traumatic stress. So, it's a mindfulness tool that uh, can help with that as well. Yeah, and it goes right to Leo's book uh, uh, on social side about uh, narcissism, narcissism and uh, psychopaths and sociopaths. Go ahead, Leo. I was just going to say, Mary, maybe uh, some of these female pedophiles we've been talking about today can use that. How do people get get, the, get this app? You know, we want to get the oh. <laughs> Maybe they can put it to some good use and stop doing this to the children. And now, seriously, though, how, how does one um, acquire the app from you, Mind Warrior? Oh, thanks, Leo. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you go into the App Store or Google Play on your uh, device, and you search for Mind Warrior, and then you can download it. It costs two ninety nine. Is it easy to uh, figure out how to use this? Oh, yeah. for people? Okay. It's easy. It's easy to use. Yeah. Sounds it's fantastic. Kind of like having a little therapist with you. Yeah, yeah, it's a very cool idea. Therapist in a pocket. There yeah, you go. You want to use go. technology, people. This is what you want to use yeah, it for. Yeah, that's what you want to use it for is rightly. Get away from the porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's, here's the other one, I, the other question. Mis, miscommunication and faster misinterpretation through technology. Now, I'm talking about communication between a female teacher and a student, okay? Mm-hmm. So, so what do we think about this miscommunication and faster, faster misinterpretation through the use of technology? I mean, what is that all about? Because that's what somebody was saying in one of the pieces you sent over. Uh, I, I think it was uh, this uh, fellow from Alabama who's the head of uh, the educational department down there for the state. He says it's faster. He's, he's blaming technology. He's saying technology is the cause of this. It's the cause. But does, is, it, is it the cause or, or is there a root cause? I mean, I can understand miscommunication, misinterpretation. I can also understand being seductive through visual stimuli and other stimuli. But, you know, 
we're getting a good conversation going here. What, what are we looking at it? At not only the vehicles, maybe we need to talk about them with the miscommunication, misinterpretation, but root cause as well. Go ahead. Well, That's we a- can't. We don't, I don't think we can blame technology. Just blame. I mean, it's part of the problem. It makes it easier, right? But sure. it's really it's disordered people who are doing this, right? It's like blaming porn for a serial killer. And it's, you know, right, right. Yeah, but wait a minute. I don't know. Is is it is it we're blame? Is it blaming porn or is it blaming the way we can get the porn now? You know, it's very different. Like, mm. which came first, the chicken or the egg? Here, you know, we know we do know technology is making this type of behavior easier. To the, the ways and the means for these affairs to get started was not around nineteen, twenty, whatever years ago. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's the cause. The technology, but it certainly isn't hurting the, uh, the the way it's being done. It's kind of giving it help, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 See, I can, I can I can I can understand that because, for instance, did we have as many alcoholics during the prohibition as we do now after alcohol has been legalized? Is that or what you're is, saying? Or yeah. is this the, the, are these disordered people, Mary, and that were you know you brought up be, becoming more disordered because of what they're seeing and doing with technology? See, this is where I get all twisted up and I. Well, this is here. why this is a good conversation. Yeah, I, I think you think there's definitely what you're saying, Leo. Too. I mean, I think where people are becoming a little bit more disordered. I mean, technology can be done in secret, right? So there's a yes. lack of accountability, right? We don't have the same accountability we used to. All the stuff can be done in, in secret. And, and plus, people are just less connected in general. Yes. So, yeah, that's uh, that They had to show up face each other. They, this wouldn't happen, I don't think. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and there's just more of a dissolution of, um, you know, like we were saying before, like uh, sex just as sex without the context of a relationship. Um, you know, I think there are quite a few contributing factors. Maybe more narcissism, even. You know, absolutely, absolutely. We know that. That's, we definitely know that. People growing up thinking they only have to think about themselves and no one else is a greater good. Um, that's right. Lots of different things like that can contribute to it. So I would think that has to contribute to these the, the outpouring or the outcoming of women that abuse boys. It has to have some connection. There has to be something to do with the technology and the narcissism that's been developing, you know, secretly over the years since I said in Social Side 1978 when uh, electronics were being hatched. Leo, could we call this electronic foreplay, guys? Guys, can we look at this as electronic foreplay? Yeah, because, you know, it's all, right, like you were saying before, it's all foreplay, all the, the teacher and the student have to do when they get together is start the sex. Because if, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are people, the sex okay. sex thing is, is having sex over the phone. So people think it's phone yeah. sex has been around since, you know, the 900 numbers. What do you think they're doing when they're on the phone having phone sex? They're, they're masturbating and they're talking dirty. That's what's going on there. And then you send them pictures back and forth or videos of each of your moving video over your phone. What are you going to do with that? What do you think? Right. 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 So sure it's foreplay. Yeah. Marianne, I got to ask you as a woman, and we're so, so happy to have you here today. I mean, we can't thank you enough. I got, I, I've got to get your input as a female. Do they feel excitement? Do you think these women 
that are taking advantage of these younger boys are getting excited, sexually excited over the experience? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for, first of all, um, there, you know, I think, you know, the idea of being able to engage a young adolescent boy would be exciting, right? Right, he's, sure. He's at, the, he's at the prime of his, uh, you know, sexuality, and it's almost like you could be, that would be a turn-on in itself. And then, and then it almost could make you like relive that a little bit, you know, that excitement of right. sexuality, yep. 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 sexuality. And then, then there's the idea of that, that, uh, this kid is going to be so, you know, like his, his tongue is going to be hanging down to the ground. He's going to be so excited to have you that that's got to be a turn on too. Right? Yeah. It's like, it's like there's no, uh, doubt that this kid is just going to make one, think that he's the, getting the biggest prize in the world and it's coming from you. And there's no worry about rejection. You know, you don't have to worry about like someone your own age or the, you know, all of the concerns or conflicts of a relationship. Uh, all you got to do is it's just totally sex, right? The dumb yep. And, you know, quote love. Yeah. 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 Let's, Show up and perform. Yeah. Wow. And if you're, and if they're, and if they're a married one, you know, and their marriage isn't going so well here, they can feel good again. They can get kind of a narcissistic supply from this kid. They can, you know, feel sexual and important themselves again. So they're really, you know, they're taking from the kid, but it's, they're probably totally turned on too. Yeah, and obviously, on the, you know, we're, we're coming towards the close, closing up here of the show, but we gotta remind everybody, this is a crime. People, you know, no matter what you look at it or who's getting what, who's, who's liking it, who's not, this is criminal behavior, you know, and we seem to forget that along the lines or when it comes to women, we kind of look the other way a bit. You know, women get charged with rape and sodomizing a, a, a 14 year old boy. It's kind of hard to believe. When, when that happens, but this is criminal stuff, and that's what we talk about here on Crime and Reason, things to be uh, to look at. And, yeah, and reason it out. Yeah, and reason it out. We, 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 we create a nice conversation to reason it out. It's great. I think um, we have a lot more to, to discuss with this topic, and Marianne, we would love to have you back again. I want to talk about at some point, you know, the the women who use the male the, the, the male adolescent boys uh, via their sexuality to commit crimes for them. We do see some of that happening, and I think I think all bets are off when it comes to the nurturing piece of that. You know, um, when the motive is murder. So I, mean, I think that's a really interesting topic and um, a whole separate whole separate idea of what goes through that whoop that woman's mind, and that needs to be addressed. Hey, Marianne, do you want to talk about your websites? I know one's meetup.com, meetup, M-E-E-T-U-P.com, meetup.com, and where else? Right. Uh, that one is for, if you go on to meet, uh, these are uh, both for groups that I run for partners in destructive relationships. Uh, one you can join, that's the live group, the one that's in New Jersey that you can come to and attend. You go to meetup.com, search for relationships with Narcissist, sociopath, psychopath. Oh, and God. Within, within your, you know, the Good radius time. Of, of, you know, <laughs> in a far enough a radius that, you know, it, it comes, you know, you reach it. And then you join and then, uh, you know, you, you can get information on the group and also at this, at www. This, this is one, this all runs together. 
destructiverelationshiphelp.com. Uh, we do an online group, and anyone from anywhere can join that. Okay. I'm looking forward to us getting together again, aren't you, Leo? Absolutely. We, we need a female, we need a female perspective here. You're a, you're a natural, Marianne, and you're very yeah, good you with really what you are. do. And thank you so much for joining us on Crime and Reason again. Yes, thank you. Oh, and, uh, it's my great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. We will have you back. And, uh, everybody, Joe, don't forget our website, crimeandreason.com. One long word, crimeandreason.com. And, uh, until next week, I guess, stay safe, everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Take care and stay safe out there. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, Marianne.